And if you look at verse number 1 in John 15, the Bible says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. If you drop down to verse number 5, and you look at what verse 5 says, it says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Now, John chapter number uh, 14 and 15 and 16 and 17 um, is all Jesus speaking to his disciples before he dies. In John 15, the whole thing is just Jesus talking. It's his words. And uh, he begins to give a little bit of an analogy or an illustration. And he, uh, we see there's... Uh, Different types of characters. In, in verse 1 he says, I am the true vine. In verse 5 he said, I am the vine. So in this analogy, Jesus is saying, Jesus is the vine. If you look at verse 1 it says, I am the, the true vine. And it says, and my father is the husbandman. The word husbandman is, a, is another word for like a farmer. And in this analogy, or in this parable, if you will, I, People don't really consider it a parable. I don't, I don't think they do. But, you know, it's kind of a parable or analogy. Jesus says, I'm the vine. And he says, my father, he's the husbandman. He's the, fa- he's the farmer. God the father. God in heaven. And in verse, uh, in verse 5, he says, ye are the branches. So the branches are you and I. We are the branches. Jesus is the vine, and, and God is the husbandman. And then we find there another uh, character in the story. He says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So we find there the fruit. So we have the vine, Jesus Christ, the husbandman, the, or the farmer, which is God the Father, the branches, which is you and I, and then the fruit. So we've got to ask the question, well, what is fruit? What, what does the fruit represent? Well, if you go with me in your Bibles just real quickly, back to Genesis chapter number 1, the very first uh, chapter in, in, the, in the Bible, Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter number 1, look at verse 11. Genesis chapter number 1 and look at verse 11. The Bible says, And God said, <clears throat> Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. So the Bible says that the fruit tree was yielding fruit. And it says these uh, three words. After his kind. Whose uh, seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And in verse 12 he says. And the earth. I feel like I'm going to sneeze. I'm sorry. <laughs> and the earth brought forth grass. And herb yielding seed after his kind. And the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself, after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Look look down at verse 21. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly, after their kind, and every winged fowl, after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the fowls multiply in the earth. Look at verse 24. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Look at verse uh, 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, 
be fruitful and multiply and replace the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So we see there in Genesis chapter number 1, you can go back to uh, John 15, but in Genesis number 1, it's very clear in the Bible, when God tells, He told the animals to be fruitful and multiply, He told mankind in verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1, to be fruitful and multiply. He said to be fruitful, He said to multiply... And he said, you need to do that after your own kind. So, fruit in the Bible is a picture of reproduction. It's a picture of something reproducing itself. Now, people will say, well, I thought that fruit was, you know, uh, love, joy, and peace, and long-suffering, and gentleness, and, and goodness, and faith, and meekness, and, and temperance. You know, uh, like it says in Galatians. Well, what you got to keep in mind is Galatians chapter number 5, and verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, long-suffering, you know, and, and that whole list. The Bible doesn't say, you know, people think, well, people will know a Christian by their fruit. And they'll say, well, we'll know, you know, if they're a Christian by their fruit based on whether they, you know, have these characteristics of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and so forth. But the Bible says that that is not the fruit of a Christian. The Bible says that is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, you got to keep in mind... If the Holy Spirit is working in the life of, a, of an individual, will He produce or will He show those characteristics if He's allowing the Holy Spirit to have a part in His life? Of course He will. A Christian can show the fruit of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Um, a, a Christian can show all of those things, but that's not the, the, that's not the fruit of the Christian. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in him. Now, can you have the Holy Spirit without having the fruit of the Spirit? Of course you can. Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse 3. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read these for you. Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse 3. The Bible says, And the Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. The Bible says that we can have the sealing of the Holy Ghost inside of us. We're sealed unto the day of redemption. But we can grieve the Spirit of God. When we grieve the Spirit of God, then we inhibit the Spirit from having those characteristics of, of the fruit of the Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says... I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Quench not the Spirit. So you could have the Spirit, and you could be quenching it. You could uh, have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, and be grieving it. And when we quench the Spirit, or we grieve the Spirit, we still have the Spirit. We're still, we're still sealed into the day of redemption, but we're not going to be exhibiting those characteristics of the Spirit, because those are the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of a Christian. So well, what is the fruit of a Christian? Well, what is the fruit of anything? If you take an apple... And we take the seed and plant it on the ground, and an apple tree uh, grows out of it. What, what's gonna, what kind of fruit is the apple tree going to produce? Is it going to produce oranges? It's going to produce apples. After his kind. A dog is going to produce a dog. A uh, cat is going to produce a cat. And uh, apple trees going to produce apples. And, and uh, different types of vegetables. You know, everything's going to produce after his kind. So when a Christian reproduces, what is he reproducing? Another Christian. It's not the it's it's not these characteristics of well how do they live their life no that's the that's the working of the Holy Spirit that's the because the Spirit is joy and love and peace and all those things but we when we reproduce ourselves we reproduce ourselves in another Christian just like when you reproduce yourself with with children when my wife and I had a child we had another uh, human being we reproduce ourselves now go back to John fifteen. And, and look at verse number uh, 2. Because the goal is to bring forth much fruit, is what the Bible says. To bring forth more fruit. 
And, the, and, and, and in John 15, Jesus begins to explain to them the process in which they will bring more fruit and uh, bring forth much fruit. Look at verse 2. The Bible says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So the Bible says that God is going to purge a, uh, a, a, a branch in order to bring forth more fruit. Now you say, what does the word purge mean? It means to rid of whatever is impure or undesirable, to cleanse it, to purify it. It's the same idea as pruning uh, like a tree or, you know, a, a, a rose or something. It's to cut or lop off, you know, just parts of it that are undesired, like twigs or branches, uh, uh, to, to trim it. And, and if, if you've ever dealt with, with roses or anything like that, you know, you know, if you have a tree and it's growing and growing, and, and what will happen is you'll get branches that will grow in one season and they'll die. Well, those branches will stay there. And unless somebody goes and actually cuts them off and prunes them and removes those undesirable parts of a, of a, of a, of a tree or in this uh, example of a vine or, or of a, a rose or something like that, then, then it will slowly begin to kill that plant. But as you remove, as you prune, and as you purge those areas that have already died, those areas that are just kind of uh, taking up room and taking up place, then it gives room for more growth. You know, you'll take a, a rose garden, or you'll take a rose, and you'll prune it down, and it'll look real small and weak, but it'll grow bigger, and it'll grow nicer, because it's been purged. And, that, and that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you know, you are a branch, and He said, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to purge, and I'm going to cut, and I'm going to remove the undesirable parts of your life, the parts that are unhealthy, the parts that um, I do not like, the parts that are allowing or not allowing for growth of the fruit. And He said, I'm going to purge you from those things, so that you can bring forth more fruit. In the Christian life, you know, sometimes you say, why are things happening to me? Why does it feel like certain areas of my life are being cut off and God is just uh, uh, revealing parts and, and bringing parts and, and trying to get rid of things and trying to get rid of sin in my life. And the, the reason God's doing it is not to hurt us is because He wants you and He wants me to bring forth much and more fruit. And in order to do that, He's got to get rid of the parts in our life and prune and cut the parts in our life that are uh, bringing... Uh, death to our branch. And he says, every branch that bears fruit, he purgeth it. That it may bring forth much fruit. Look at verse 4. He gives another way in order to bring more, to bring forth fruit. And in verse 4 he says, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So he says, first of all, I'm going to purge you. He said, I'm going to cut out the undesirable parts. I'm going I'm, I'm to prune and I'm going to cut and lop off the undesired twigs and the branches. And I'm going to take all those parts off that are just dead, that are taking up room. He said, I'm going to take them off and I'm going to make room for growth. But he said, not only that, but you've got to abide in me. He said, just like you think of the example of a tree. That has the branches. And as the branches come out from the trunk. You know, you think of a tree and it has a trunk. And as the branches come out from the trunk. And those branches are the ones. You know, you don't pick fruit from a trunk. 
You pick fruit from the branches coming off the trunk, but those branches are receiving the nutrients and the strength and the, and, and the different uh, things that they need in order to grow those, that fruit from the trunk. And that's what Jesus said. He said, abide in me, and I in you. He said, as a branch can bear no fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. And he says again, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. He's saying, hey, you cannot bring fruit except you abide in the vine. What was he saying? He's saying, you got to get your nutrients from the vine, Jesus Christ. You've got to get your strength from the vine, Jesus Christ. You've got to get uh, everything you need in order to grow from the vine. You've got to get plugged in to the vine, which is Jesus Christ. The branches get the nutrients and strength from the vine or the trunk of a tree. And we need to be plugged into Jesus like the branch is to, a, uh, to, to the vine or a trunk. You get the nutrients from the vine. Look at verse 7. John 15, 7. He said, if ye abide in me... And look what he says. You say, well, how do I abide in Christ? Here's how you abide in Christ. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Uh, go back to verse 3 in John 15. Look at verse 3. He says, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. See, the Bible says that we get our nutrients from the vine, which is Jesus Christ. You say, well, how do I get my nutrients from the vine? Well, here's how you get it. You abide in Him, and He says, and my words abide in you. You get the nutrients, and you get the strength, and you get fed from the Word of God. Is what the, Bible says. the Bible says that God has you know, likened His Bible to uh, eating. And he says we get our, our strength from it. And God says, you've got to abide in the vine. You've got to abide in the trunk. And he said, here's how you do it. You abide in the trunk. You abide in the vine. You abide in Jesus Christ. You abide in me. He says, and my words abide in you. So how do you get the strength in order to produce more fruit? And how do you get the strength in order to make it through life? And how do you get the strength? How do you get plugged into Jesus Christ? You say, I need to get plugged into Jesus Christ. I feel like I'm not plugged into the power. I feel like I'm not plugged into heaven. How do I do it? You get plugged in through the Bible. He said, if my words abide in you, he said, ye are clean through the word. Go, go with me to Psalms, chapter number, uh, Psalm 1, in the Old Testament. Look at this, look at this verse. Psalm 1, and look at verse 1. Psalm 1 and verse 1. Psalm 1 and verse 1. The Bible says this. <clears throat> Psalm 1, 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You say, what, what is that? That's the, that's the purging. He said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He said, I'm cutting the counsel of the ungodly off. He says, nor standeth in the way of sinners. He said, I'm cutting the way of the sinner off. He said, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He said, I'm cutting the seat of the scornful off. And look at verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in His law doth he meditate day and night. Look at verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You know, the reason that we do not have the nutrients, and do not have the strength, and do not bring forth much fruit, 
the reason we don't get people saved and the reason we don't get uh, people's lives changed is because, and, I, and the Bible says this, and I honestly believe it, is because we are not plugged into the vine that is Jesus Christ because of lack of Bible reading. And the truth of the matter is that we as Christians just do not read the Bible in America. You know, we're lucky if we get 10 or 15 minutes a day. And even that, you know, that's a superstar at the average church. The average person just does not read their Bible. And, and, and look at John 15, look at verse 6. John chapter number 15 and verse 6. John chapter number 15 and verse 6. Look what Jesus said. He says, if a man abide not in me. So you say, well, I don't really care about bringing forth fruit. Well, here's the thing. If you, you, you say, well, I don't care about bringing forth fruit. So I don't have to get plugged in the vine. But here's the problem. When you don't get plugged in the vine, here's what happens. Look at verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and withereth. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Look at, uh, look, look at verse 2 in John 15. Look at verse 2. It says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. So what is that talking about? Does that say you're going to lose your salvation? That's not saying you're going to lose your salvation. But what it's saying is this. See, the thing is, a, a, a branch, just think of a, a, of a tree, like an apple tree. And let's say a branch said, well, you know what? I don't care about producing more fruit, so I'm not going to get plugged in to the trunk. I'm not going to get plugged into the nutrients. Well, the thing is, whether or not you want to bring forth fruit, if you're not plugged into the trunk, you're going to die. You're going to wither away. And the re- and, and what's happening to so many Christians, and you know, and, and none of us is an exception to this, is that we are literally withering away. We're dying. We're being cast forth. We're not producing anything. We're dying in our Christian life. And here's why. Because we do not get plugged into the Word of God, the nutrients of Jesus Christ. Hosea 4.6, you don't have to turn there, but I'll read this for you. Hosea 4.6 says this, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. God says this, God says, you are destroyed... Because of lack of knowledge. He says, you do not know the Bible. And the sad thing is we're raising kids, and we're raising Christians, and we're raising grown adult Christians. People will come to church, and they just do not, I mean, you talk to people, and they just have no understanding of the Word of God at all. I hear people saying, well, I'm praying about getting divorced. It's like, have you ever read the Bible? I mean, good night. You know, people, people say, oh, I'm praying about doing this. I pray. And they just have no knowledge of the Bible. They have knowledge of everything else. They have knowledge of the economy. They have knowledge of the politics. They have knowledge of the sports game. They know all the stats of all the different players. And they've got, they know all the different tricks and all the different things when it comes to this and in that. And they've got knowledge about everything, but they don't have knowledge of the Word of God. And here's what God says. You've got to understand how God thinks. And He says, my people, He says, my people. That's Christians. He says, my people are destroyed. He says, why is my life falling apart? Why is my life destroyed? Why do I not have the blessing of God? Why does it seem like God just doesn't step in? And God doesn't help me? And everything is against me? And I'm just like fighting this uphill battle. And God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And He says, here's what He says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I also reject thee. See, Many of us are living our lives being rejected. I'm not talking about being a reprobate, but I'm saying we're being rejected of God because we reject His Word. He said, I, also, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. He says, 
Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, he says, since you just forgot everything that my book says, since you just forgot everything you've ever been taught in church, since you just forgot everything you've ever been taught, you know, since you were a little child growing up, or since you got saved, or since you've been reading the Bible, or everything, you, every sermon you've ever heard, every verse you've ever memorized, everything the Bible's ever, he said, since you just so conveniently forgot, he said, guess what? I'm going to forget you too. And that's what he says. And that's God's attitude. His attitude is, um, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. He said, I'm going to forget about you. He said, I'm going to forget about your children. He said, you don't care about my word. Because here's the thing, you've got you to understand. Jesus is the word. As John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the, word. and the Bible says, if you forget my word, and you're forgetting my child, he says, then I'm just going to forget about your children. Say, well, why, why, why do so many Christians fail? Why do we have no success? Why, why do we fail at life? Why do we wither away? Why does it seem like one day we're just producing? One day we're just strong? One day we have strength? And then the next day we've withered away? And here's why. Because we've unplugged from the nutrients of the Word of God. And I'm telling you, you are not going to get the nutrients and you're not going to be able to live a successful and a productive and a prosperous life, which is what God offers. He said, he shall, uh, everything that He does shall prosper is what Psalms 1-3 says. And the reason we don't have that is because you are not going to get enough nutrients on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night preaching sermons. You're just not. You're not going to get it from a 15-minute devotional. You're not going to get it from my daily word. You're not, we've got to get back to Bible knowledge, to knowing this book. And look, I'm not saying I know everything in here either. I've got a lot of work too. But we've got to get back to the place where we're just reading the Bible. Where we're taking our kids on an evening, every night, and just reading the Bible, and teaching the Bible, and instructing you know, our spouses, and instructing our children, and learning the Word of God, and getting the knowledge, and getting the understanding, because that is the strength we need in order to prosper. You say, well, do you believe in a prosperity gospel? Look, I don't believe in a prosperity gospel, but I believe in this. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's what God said. You know what I want? I want God to allow everything I do to prosper. I want God to allow everything I do to be successful. I want God to allow everything I do to just seem like it's growing and it's doing some great things. But here's, but here's, the, here's how we get that. We've got to get planted by the rivers of water. We've got to get plugged into the vine. The consequences of not abiding and not uh, bearing fruit is that we wither away and we die. Go with me to Luke chapter number 13. Look at verse 6. Luke chapter number 13 and verse 6. We're almost done. I'm not preaching long. Look at Luke chapter number 13 and verse 6. Luke 13, 6. The Bible says, He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it, and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. So here he gives us a parable of a man going out to a tree. He said, look, for three years I've been coming to this tree. And it produces nothing. 
He says, for this tree, for three years I've been, he says, I come to this tree and I get fruit, I get victories. I come to this tree and I get victories. But this tree, for whatever reason, refuses to produce something. And he said, I come here seeking fruit of this fig tree and find none. And this is what he tells the the, the, the worker, he says, cut it down. He said, why cumbereth it the ground? That word cumbereth there means to hinder, it means to hamper, it means to overload, it means to burden, it means to inconvenience, it means to trouble, it means to take up room, it means to take up space, it means to take up a piece of ground where a tree could be planted that is going to produce fruit. You know, and, and and the thing is that God in the Bible likens this to us, and He says, hey, I come to this Christian, I come to this individual, and I'm looking for fruit, and for three years I come, and nothing comes from it. He says, why is this person, is this tree cumbering the ground? You know what God is saying? God is saying, why is this person hindering the work of God? Why is this working hampering the work of God? He said, why is this working overloading? It's burdening, it's inconveniencing, it's troubling, it's just taking up room, it's taking up space. You know what He's saying? He's saying, there's a worthless tree. And you know what the last thing I want Jesus Christ to look down at my life and say, Roger Jimenez is just a worthless tree. Cut it down. I've got no use for him. Are you saying I'm going to go to hell? I'm not saying you're going to go to hell. I'm saying if we don't produce fruit, God says, then what is the purpose of having you? He says, what is the purpose of keeping you alive? He's saying you're producing nothing. It'd be like working at a job. I mean, could you imagine if you just hire somebody to like build a fence or hire somebody to like... You know, do some yard work, and they just produce nothing. And you just keep paying them. Week after week, for three years, you're paying them to come mow the lawn, and they just do nothing. And that's what God God looks at us and says, year after year, I just give you life. Year after year, I feed you. Year after year, I give you breath. Year after year, I give you health. Year after year, I give you all these things, and I keep coming to you, and I just keep saying worthless. I just keep saying a hindrance. I just keep saying something that is not producing fruit. He said, I've got no use for it. And he says, cut it down. And in the parable, he says, hey, cut it down. And this, you know, worker, which I would consider the, the preacher, the man of God, he says, hey, wait, 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 before we cut it down, just give it another year. Let's just see if we can try it a little more. Uh, I'm going to dig around, I'm going to add some water, I'm going to dunk it. Let's see, a year, and, and if, it's, if it produces fruit, well, and if it doesn't, then, then we'll cut it down. That's not where I want to be with you. I don't want God to be, to, I want God to have a reason to want to bless me. You know, if, if, if we have the church in this house, and, and hey, that's a good reason. God might say, well, okay, he's got, he's got the house, and he has a church in it, so I'm going to let him keep the house. But what if I tomorrow just decided, you know, I'm closing down the church, we're not doing this anymore. You know, God might decide, well, I don't, if you, I don't need the house if, you're not, if I'm not going to get any use out of it, if I'm not going to get any profit out of it, you know, I might lose the house. You know, and I'm not saying you know people lose their house because they're not mature. I'm just I'm trying to get you to understand. God gives us and God prospers us and God gives us opportunity. Because if God God is an investor, the Bible says that God invests in people. See, God if God knew that if I had enough money to where I didn't have to work you know all these hours of overtime, if He knew that I was going to spend that time wisely out soul winning, out knocking on doors, out investing, hey, He might give me that money to be able to do those things. But if he knows that I'm just, either way I'm not going to do anything, then why bother? Why help him? Why prosper him? Why give him a blessing? Why give him? The, why, why do anything for that individual if they're not doing anything for me? And, you know, and that's that's really what we think. You know, you hire somebody, you say, why am I going to give that person a raise? Why am I even going to keep him on the payroll? Why am I going to keep giving the help benefits he needs if he's not producing? 
God says, if you do not bear fruit, He says, you're worthless to the work that I have. He says, I might as well just kill you and bring you home. Or in, in the case He's giving, it's just, He's saying, I'm going to cast you off. Same analogy that Paul said. He said, uh, he talked about, and I don't have the verse in front of me, but he said, you know, uh, that he had preached to others lest he should become a castaway. He wasn't saying that he was going to lose his salvation. He was saying, hey, you know, I preach the gospel to others. He said, I don't want to be cast away. Just set aside, Paul. Just, you became worthless to me. There's no use for you. I'm just going to put you aside. I'm just going to put you aside till you die because there's nothing I, uh, I have no use for you. But go back to John 15, look at verse 8. John 15, 8. Look what he says. I think we got two more verses and we're done. John 15, 8. He says, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. You say, how can I glorify God? Bear much fruit. How do I not glorify God? Bear no fruit. That's what it says. I don't like that. Well, that's what it says. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. And look what he says. So, John 15, 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So, shall ye be my disciples. How are you going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Bear much fruit. Same thing, Matthew 4.19, he says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He said, Bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciple. He said, I'm a disciple, but I don't bear fruit. Well, then you're not a disciple. He said, I follow Jesus, but I don't, I'm not a fisherman. Then you're not following Jesus. Because he said, if you bear fruit, he said, so shall you be my disciple. He said, if you follow me, I will make you a fisherman. He said, well, well, I follow Jesus. No, you're not. You're lying. If you said, well, I follow Jesus. I want my family to follow Jesus. I want my kids to follow Jesus. I want my life to follow Jesus. But I'm not going to go fish for men. Then, God, then look, God says, if you follow me, I will make you. He said, I will, I, if, if you follow me, you will become a fisherman. And he said, if you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciple. And the sad part is that most of us who are very faithful to church, very faithful to the things of God, love God, would never say that we don't love God or anything, but we're not a disciple because we're not bearing fruit. Look at verse 16. Look at verse 16, and I'll read a verse to you and we'll be done. Look at verse 16. John 15, 16. He said, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Look at what it said in, in verse 16. He said, And, oh, read from the beginning. He says, You are not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And look what he says, And ordained you that ye should go bring forth fruit. God says that he ordained you. To be ordained is to be commissioned, it's to be to sent out. It, you know, I think of a military type way. Uh, you know, in the Air Force, you had non-commissioned officers. Those were enlisted people. And then you had a commissioned officer. That was a person that was chosen for a specific job. And they were commissioned. They were ordained to do that job. And if they didn't do that job, you know, and, and they would get, uh, you know, they'd lose it. They, they, they wouldn't get the retirement. They'd, they'd be sent home. You say, well, what's so special about being a commissioned officer? You know, about $100,000 a year. You know, a commissioned officer makes a lot of money. The enlisted salutes the commissioned officer. Say, why? Because the enlisted is just a worker. The enlisted is just doing what he's told. The commissioned officer, they have the vision. They know where they're going. They've been given the ordination. They've been given the task, and we saluted them. You know, the enlisted saluted them, because they were the ones that had the job, and they made the money, and they, you know, they're the ones that did it. And Jesus Christ, he said, he said, I ordained you. He said, I commissioned you. He said, I gave you a job. 
He said what? To go bring forth much fruit. Go and bring forth fruit. He said, I've given you a purpose. Well, I, I feel like I have no purpose in life. I think I'm going to read Rick Warren's uh, book, uh, Purpose Driven Life. Here's the purpose in your life. Bring forth much fruit. That's it. Well, I, I think the purpose in life is for me. No, it's for you to bring forth fruit. That's what Jesus Christ said. Just go with me to this verse and we'll be done. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. I know we looked at this verse recently, um, but let's just look at it again. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and look at verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and look at verse 5. 1 Corinthians 3, 5. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believe. And look what it says. Very important phrase. Even as the Lord gave to every man. The Bible says that God, you said, well, what about these people in the Amazon that are never going to hear? Well, you know, the thing is that every single human being, God has ordained, God has commissioned, God has given every single human being someone to give them the gospel. That's what it says. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 5. Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. So God has ordained us. God has commissioned us. There is actually a list in heaven of people in the life in my lifetime that Roger Jimenez was supposed to give the gospel to. And it was my job. I was ordained. I was commissioned. I was sent out to give those people the gospel. That was my job. And if I didn't get it done, then I dropped the ball. And if I didn't get it done, then they went to hell. And Ezekiel says that they went to hell, and they were, you know, and Ezekiel gives the analogy there of the of the of the watchman, and it says they still deserve to be punished, but it, their blood shall be required at the watchman's hands because he refused to warn. And the thing is, God has commissioned every single one. You know, there's somebody God has commissioned you. God, you know, God saved you to go give the gospel to me. And the thing is, if we're saved, you know, do you understand this? If we're saved, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, if we have a home in heaven. It's because somebody was faithful to their responsibility to give us the gospel. But then we refuse to not give the gospel to that next person. Because we're lazy, because we're tired, because we're busy, because we have other things to do, because we just don't care. And the thing is that God says, hey, I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. He said, I've commissioned you to go bring forth fruit. He said, I've given you to certain individuals to go give fruit. And if you don't do it, no one else will. What is the purpose in life? Bring forth fruit. How do I do that? Abide in Christ. How do I abide in Christ? Read your Bible. And don't read the Bible and memorize the Bible and learn a whole lot of Bible and not go soul winning. Because that's not a, that's, that's not a good balance. And, and here, in my way, don't go out and do hours and hours and hours of soul winning and never read the Bible and never know anything. You've got to strike that balance by doing both hours of Bible reading, hours of soul winning, bring forth much fruit, abide in Jesus Christ. And Jesus was telling his disciples before he dies, he says, I need you to abide in the vine because I've got a work for you to do. I want you to bring forth much fruit. But you're not going to do it if you're not abiding in me. So let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Father, we love you, Lord, so much.